The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Bill Eve podcast here on the Buffalo Rumblings, the ever-growing Buffalo Rumblings family of podcasts. We are so glad you have taken the time to download and listen to our Dawson voices here on Bill Eve. I am John Boccasino, the longtime co-host of this podcast, being joined for the second straight week. It's like we're back in the air chair, back in the saddle with consistency here on the pod. It's Jamie D'Amico, my ginger colleague and good friend joining us here as well. Jamie, great to have you back, buddy. It's great to be back, and I I love it. Two weeks in a row. It's like like the season is almost here, right? (laughs) You know, it's, it's training camp for podcasters just like it is training camp for the Bills staff and the players were shaking off the rust of course we try to bring you great bills content year in and year out and even during the off season when it's kind of slow we try to come up with some thought-provoking topics and uh jamie it's a lot easier though knowing that officially you know we are in football mode the hall of fame game uh took place earlier on this week uh the bills had their return of the blue and red scrimmage at highmark stadium that was highly uh, attended and quite popular from what I saw on social media. There's no jerking around, buddy. Football season's right around the corner. It's here, but I'm about to make a sharp left turn. And to the people who listen to this show, John and I don't have a lot of interaction during the week. Normally what we do is we we catch up a little bit. We talk before we start recording. And then sometimes we have a conversation afterwards too. You know, John's become a buddy of mine uh, over the course of time here. Despite the fact, yet again, that we have never met in person, <laughs> which is still weird. But I think I think the people in Western New York and, and thereabouts are going to appreciate the fact that, well, they need to know that you and I, John, went down deep down a bare naked ladies rabbit hole before we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> and all I have to say at this point is, I don't make films, but if I didn't have a samurai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely went down the rabbit hole of, uh, of Bare Naked Ladies. And I mentioned to Jamie that, you know, after having a couple of pops, I've been known to do karaoke 
uh, to one week, which is a little bit of a challenge for both the stamina and uh, the white guy rap, if you will. But uh, <laughs> it's the you know. whitest of white guy raps. Oh, my gosh. I mean, there's dudes who are wearing sandals and socks who are singing songs like this at the uh, <laughs> at the karaoke <laughs> joint. So, you know, our street cred has gone out the window with that admission right here. But so what? Truth. We're 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 no bullshit here at the Believe podcast. We call it like we see it, and uh, that goes to our personal lives too. So Jamie and I, Jamie, we got to figure out, buddy. We got to figure out a chance to. Fu- we were gonna do it last year um, during the Bills Steelers game up at Highmark, and I got COVID like the week of the game and didn't get to go. So we got to figure out what's gonna happen with the home schedule and making a trip happen up to the stadium for tailgating and going to the game because this needs. To happen we've been doing this for far too long without having our faces actually meet agreed agreed we'll, we'll figure it out we'll figure it out so as we mentioned uh last week jamie on the podcast it was it was a, a fun thought exercise and we hope that our listeners enjoyed it too we ran through more of the negative side of the 2023 bill season offering up some things that were giving us pause giving us concern about the Buffalo Bills heading into this season. And this week we wanted to turn the tables and revert to an optimistic sense. We wanted to run through our reasons for optimism, our causes for optimism when it comes to the Buffalo Bills heading into the 2023 season. We, of course, we thrive on fan and viewer and listener interactions. So we'd love to get you all invited uh, to join the conversation on Twitter. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico, and I am at John Boccasino. Give us your reasons for optimism. What makes you really excited for the upcoming season? Because we are going to spend the next 30 or so minutes talking about what we are jacked up about for this Buffalo Bills team. And Jamie, I'm going to serve it up and let you start off, buddy. First and foremost, what is the biggest reason you're optimistic about the Bills' chances this year? First reason Ken Dorsey going into year two. Now, no offensive coordinator has ever won a Super Bowl in his first season as OC. Well, there's a reason for that. Growing pains. People may remember back to the early days of, God, what was his name? The last offensive coordinator. I'm blanking. Oh, Brian Dable. Brian Dable. People did not like Brian Dable in his first year or two, but then they came to love him. You know why? He settled into the position. He had more talent around him. He got better and more creative and understood his own weaknesses as time goes by, or as time went by. As time goes by, Ken Dorsey is going to be able to do the same thing. Now, the Buffalo Bills had, depending on the metrics you use, somewhere in the top five offense in the NFL as high as number two. That's pretty good for a coordinator who is rather maligned by a lot of the fan base because of how the team performed late in the season. Well, Ken Dorsey is a smart guy. He's a football guy. He's been around it his entire life. This guy is going to figure it out. I expect that just from a coaching and play-calling standpoint, you are going to see a better offense by the Buffalo Bills this year. Now, I think there's a lot to be said, Jamie, for the continuity and the consistency that Dorsey is going to experience uh, coming into year two. And, and I think a lot of that comes down to the weapons that are around Josh Allen. I mean, one of the biggest it, it would be a slam dunk softball for me to say that Josh Allen is the biggest reason for optimism. But mm-hmm. it's the it's a stone cold facts of the case. I mean, Josh Allen is a top three quarterback. 
He and Stefan Diggs are a top three quarterback wide receiver duo. They've added a lot of talent to the offense and they've enforced the offensive line, not as much the tackle position, but the interior that was a major weakness last year, they've shored up. So I get saying that Ken Dorsey's going to put the Bills in the right positions, especially when you factor in exciting rookie Dalton Kincaid, uh, who is looking tremendous as both a slot receiver, uh, a tight end, a weapon out of the diamond formation, which I've been loving, by the way, seeing more mm-hmm. and more video clips on social uh, of this diamond formation where the Bills start off with James Cook as the deep back. And next to Josh Allen, you've got Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox, and then they can spread out to both sides of the field or one side of the field. There's motion at play. To me, the fact that Dorsey is messing around and trying new formations is a good thing because he does. You're right, Jamie. He needs the onus is on Ken Dorsey to call the plays and to put this Bills offense in a position where they're going to be prolific and they're going to average 30 points a game and win all their shootouts because that's where the strength of this team seems to lie heading into the season. So I would agree with you that Ken Dorsey uh, is a a cause for optimism, but I I do want to challenge you a little bit on this one here. Um, Given you mentioned him being a football lifer, you mentioned him being a real aficionado for the game. Are you worried at all about his tendencies to stick with a game plan and not make the necessary modifications. And I'm pointing of course to the playoff game where he was stubborn and refused to make necessary changes to the pass patterns that Buffalo's receivers were running in that snow. Of course. And you hope that he's going to grow and evolve. And I was hoping am hoping that that is going to be part of his evolution is to Take the game as it's coming and recognize what's going on as opposed to being stuck on his game plan. That is, honestly, I I have seen that before from other coordinators and it tends to be a lack of experience that causes it. You know, it was, oh gosh, I can't remember. I Oh yes, I, I do remember who it was. It was Jerry Glanville was the head coach and Kevin Gilbride was the, uh, was the offensive coordinator. And what what Jerry Glanville said to him is, I don't care what kind of offensive coordinator or what kind of game plan you can come up with. What I'm going to judge you on is what, hap- what do you do? What happens the moment your game plan turns to shit and you have to adjust? So it's super important, like you said. I think that the ego gets set aside. You learn more. The game slows down for you as a play caller. And the next thing you know, you've got a better offensive coordinator on your hands. Everyone's got a game plan until they get punched in the mouth. That's a, uh, I think a Muhammad Ali uh, quote. Mike originally. Tyson. Mike Tyson. That would make more sense given, uh, you know, ferocious Mike's ability to knock out uh, opponents in the ring. But it, it rings true for, for football, too. I mean, you're, you know, the Bills have a game plan heading into the year, how they want their offense to play out. And you hope that, you know, Ken Dorsey is is up to the challenge because this offense can be scary, scary good. And I'm going to stick, Jamie, with my first reason for optimism. There's a lot of directions that I could Mm -hmm. go with my causes for optimism. But the one I'm going to start off with might catch you by surprise a little bit, only because I don't think it's getting as much attention as it should from training camp and from the reporters who are covering the team. 
I think one of the biggest reasons for optimism for this Bills team is going to be the balance that they're going to display in 23. We know how great the passing game is. We know how prolific Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs. I'm very excited for Deontay Hardy and Trent Sherfield and Dalton Kincaid and Gabe Davis and the wide receiver room taking that next step forward. But I think even more than that, and I did a podcast on this uh, two weeks ago during one of my solo stints, James Cook gives me so much reason for optimism with this Buffalo Bills team because I feel like with him emerging and evolving into an every down back who can be a great runner, who can be a fantastic pass catcher, the balance that this Bills team is going to have with the ground game and even the short passes to Cook out of the backfield is going to make Josh Allen feel so much less pressure to be the Superman who carries that team. I am stoked for the balance that Buffalo's offense is going to show. And then on top of that, Damian Harris, I think he is an ideal complimentary back for James Cook. I like the yin and the yang, the thunder and the lightning. I'm so excited for the balanced Bills attack and how much this dynamic ground game is going to bring to the offense. Well, my next reason for for optimism really plays directly into that. And I am very optimistic about the interior of the offensive line this year. The Bills have replaced their left guard with Connor McGovern. They have added depth. Really, they have brought up the floor of that group immensely from where it was a year ago. Now they have depth. They actually spent money on a free agent. Connor McGovern, as I mentioned, they actually spent a second round pick on a guard. They have Ryan Bates coming back. They brought in David Edwards, who everybody has reported is playing particularly well, and he's even getting first team reps uh, in training camp right now. This is a group where if a guy had a hangnail a year ago, I was really concerned about it because frankly, the left, Guard didn't even belong starting in the NFL. And in fact, he doesn't he doesn't have a job this year. So that should tell you something. But they put assets into it. And let's be honest here. Josh Allen is a franchise quarterback. You should be doing everything in your power to protect the guy. Well, they finally got the memo. I feel much better about it. It's going to lead to better protection for Josh, a better running game. And oh, by the way, if somebody gets injured, they have some guys with significant starting experience that can come in and and fill those roles capably yeah david edwards to me was a great underrated signing just because of again the versatility the the experience that he brings as a starting guard in the league i'm telling you jamie if ryan bates wins the starting guard position coming out of camp i think it's only going to be because osiris torrance wasn't ready long-term to handle the starting role from day one. And that's no knock on Ryan Bates, who did play a lot better the last five or six games of the regular season than he did the first half when he really struggled to find his footing after that Mm -hmm. big contract. Um, I love Osiris Torrance. I've raved about him on the podcast before. He's been getting good reviews out of camp. I'm not sure how fast the Bills will progress with him as the starter, but anytime, and you can mention the backups. I mean, 
the depth is so huge. David Edwards has started 45 games in his career. Ike Butker was a former starter for the Bills. He's got 17 games. I forgot about him. Right? I mean, dude, this unit is so absolutely deep, and they've needed this because you're right. It's been a rotating and revolving door, especially at the left guard spot. I mean, one of Buffalo has only four former players who have not currently signed for the 23 season. And one of them is Roger Saffold, who was their starting left guard last year. I couldn't so bring goes, myself to say his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there is not a lot of, uh, of interest in bringing in the former Tennessee Titan and Buffalo Bill to uh, join a football team at camp across the league. But I feel like these are part and parcel with the depth on the line being solidified, with better players along the offensive line being inserted mm-hmm. in there. And with just the overall growth, I mean, it's no knock on Devin Singletary, but we knew what Singletary's floor was in Buffalo. He could get mm-hmm. you 50 to 55 rushing yards. Maybe he'd catch two or three passes a game, but that was like it. You weren't going to get a hundred yard game, most likely out of Devin Singletary, especially behind that hodgepodge O-line. I'm stoked with what James Cook and Damian Harris can do both independently of each other and collaboratively with what the offense is going to look like under Ken Dorsey, the sky's really the limit. I mean, if James Cook averaged 5.7 yards per carry last year behind that ragtag bunch, what's he going to do this year? And with his pass catching abilities out of the backfield, I said it during the pod a couple weeks ago, I am calling it right now. James Cook is going to go over a thousand all purpose yards this year for the Buffalo bills. I, I, I would I, I would agree with that. Anybody wants to bet against that, let me know. I'll put money on it. <laughs> well, especially with the versatility that Cook is really showing now, again, handling that to being a three-down back. I mean, they don't need him out there every down, but the fact that he is stepping up and providing and producing is another good reason for uh, for concern for me. So I've given you one, and you've mentioned two. You've mentioned, of course, Ken Dorsey's play calling and the interior offensive line in general being beefed up. Those are good causes for optimism that kind of tie into each other. And for my next reason to be excited, Jamie, my next uh, reason for optimism on the Buffalo Bills, I'm going to stick with the offense. And, uh, you know, we this might end up being a, a longer thought exercise than we envisioned, but I this goes into your Ken Dorsey take. What I have seen from camp from Dalton Kincaid Makes me incredibly excited. Now, I'm not saying he's going to come out there and go for 70 catches and 800 yards in his first year in Buffalo. There's so many targets and not enough people to catch everything. I mean, there's so many talented people and not enough balls to throw around on the field when you factor in all the wide receivers that we mentioned, uh, the talented running backs, and having Dawson Knox being his running mate. But what I'm going to term the DK show, the DK squared show with Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid, it's going to take off. I mean, this offense with what they're able to do, having Dalton in the slot position or being able to line up in set as a tight end, his versatility, you can match him up anywhere you need to on this offense. He can take on a slower plotting middle linebacker as your tight end spread into the formation. He can take on an undersized nickel corner if you spread him out in the slot. You could even put him as opposite Stefan Diggs if you needed to give Dave, Dave Davis a break. 
and have him be one of the boundary receivers. This guy is special. I'm liking what I'm seeing, and I'm really excited for his rookie year and beyond. Here, here is the play that I am looking forward to watching all year long. Kincaid lines up in line at tight end, and then he goes in motion out wide. Next thing you know, they've got to switch and put a corner on him. Hike, quick slant. Just run a five-yard slant. Let him use his body to box out the defensive back who's going to be substantially smaller than him. It is going to be the easiest five or six yards they get all year, and they need to do it again and again and again. And I am just... Ken Dorsey, I know you don't listen, but since we know Brandon Bean does, Brandon, tell Dorsey to put that in the playbook. (laughs) They're going to start adopting that on Monday leading up to the preseason opener against the Indianapolis Colts. And I love hook that play up to my veins a thousand times over. I can't wait to see Brandon Bean uh, take this to Ken Dorsey and implement it with Josh Allen to get the offense pumping and flowing. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. We are here on Believe. We are running through our causes for optimism, the things that are really getting us excited about the Buffalo Bills heading into the 2023 season. Jamie, you are up. What is next on your reason for optimism? Okay, it, this is the the last thing that I'm really enthusiastic about, but I am so enthused and optimistic about how they are going to use the defensive backfield. The Bills have, at this point, more depth when it comes to cornerbacks and safeties than I have ever seen them have. You've got Trey White, who's coming back from an injury, but an all-pro, And then across from him, you've got guys that are competing for time that honestly could be starting anywhere in the league. Christian Benford, Dane Jackson has a ton of starting experience. Kyer Elam seems like he might be pulling away from the pack, and he is just unbelievably athletic. I love Christian Benford, a smart player that is a great tackler. He has good size. And then, oh, by the way, look at safety. You have six guys on the roster right now with starting experience at safety, some of whom are starters, you know, for like full time starters like rap. And oh, by the way, the most underrated player on the Buffalo Bills, Taron Johnson, he's coming back 
And they're saying Cam Lewis is having another good camp. I think that from a schematic point of view, you're going to see a lot of dime and you're going to see coverage is incredibly well disguised because these are smart players. These are athletic players and they are going to mess with the heads of quarterbacks. Remember Jamie, a time when bills fans were like, well, we got all pro Trey white and then a bunch of question marks at the cornerback position. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that long ago. And I know that the bills have still not said even though if you read everything you read on The Athletic by Joe Biscalia, on the Buffalo News, on Buffalo Rumblings, Kair Elam does appear to be sticking at the first team. He was the starter with the first team defense for the second practice in a row, including at the return of the blue and red practice um, at Highmark. He was the starting cornerback uh, opposite Trey White. The depth is exciting. Christian Benford sticking at corner made so much sense for this year because mm-hmm. you've got yeah, I mean, Hyde and Poyer being back, that's actually a subplot uh, for why I'm excited uh, for the defense to see them healthy because we only got one game, technically one and change, with Hyde and Poyer both in the lineup until Hyde suffered his injury last year uh, mm-hmm. against the Tennessee Titans. And that was you know, scary to think of how good Buffalo's secondary was in spite of their tandem you know, playing most of the reps uh, in the back of that defense. When you factor in the growth that Christian Benford has shown, the growth that Kyer Elam is showing, even Dane Jackson, who I'm sorry, he gets he gets a lot of hate from Bills fans, I feel like rather mm-hmm. unfairly. Agreed. You know, he's, he's not he's never going to be a lockdown corner, but he's pretty darn good at that CB2 role. And if you get to rotate him in as like your your backup cornerback to Kyer Elam, that depth is just exemplary that Buffalo has. So I will cede to you, Jamie, that there is a lot of reasons to be excited about the bills defense with the cornerback. It's so nice to have this depth, just like we talked about for the interior of the O line mm-hmm. and injuries happen. We know injuries are going to happen, especially last season bills fans. We saw a lot of it. And this just makes me so much more comfortable that when the starters may have to miss some time, there are people that can step into those roles, and that's what it takes. That's The next man up has to be able to play. These guys are going to be able to play. Love it. That's a really good reason for, for optimism out there. And, uh, Jamie, what I'm going to go to for my next one, and I thought long and hard, there's a lot of things that I'm excited about for this Buffalo Bills team. I have two more I'm going to roll out. One of them is a unit. And one of them is more of a mentality that I think Bills fans will appreciate. So I'll try to go through this pretty quickly. I'm really excited for Buffalo's pass rush without Von Miller. Now that's no knock on Von Miller whatsoever because he clearly makes this team better. But what I'm saying about for being excited is with Leonard Floyd being added to the mix with Greg Russo bursting at the seams and begging for 10, 11, 12 sacks on the season with how impressive he has been. Buffalo's pass rush is going to be legit this year. And that's before Von Miller comes back to the fold with a healthy Von Miller who doesn't have to rush himself back because the team is desperate for bodies. And with somebody who has been making a lot of underground strides on the field. And I'm looking at you, AJ Epinesa, believe it or not, is having a really good camp. He is really making himself known as being a dominant 
presence along the defensive line. He has been disruptive. He has been in the backfield. And we've seen glimpses of Epinesa's potential in the past. I'm telling you, if we get AJ Epinesa to return to the form that made the Bills draft him in the second round, matched with Leonard Floyd, who's going to get you eight, nine, 10 sacks, Greg Russo, you know what you got with veteran Shaq Lawson. This defensive end, this edge rushing group is deep and talented, and I'm looking forward to seeing them disrupt the offensive line and get after the quarterback with a vengeance this year. The only thing that worries me about the defensive ends is all of their top players play best from the defensive left side. Hmm. Well, you know who's been taking that um, that spot opposite is AJ Epinesa. It has been Epinesa, yes. And and that's what I'm saying. Like I feel I know we've been here before, and Bills fans, forgive me if I'm maybe drinking the Kool Aid a little bit because I've been someone who's been burned by Epinesa before. <laughs> but with what Russo and Floyd bring to the table, I think they complement AJ Epinesa very well in both their strengths. And where there may be not, you don't want all the same type of edge rushers. You want guys who are quick, effective bull rushers, but you also need some power out there too. And I think AJ is really proving that he is the guy who is going to step up and man that opposite position. His good, his skills have been solid. He's really good in the run stuffing capabilities as well. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm being optimistic about the fact, Jamie, that I could point to the defensive tackles and how deep they are. But the bigger difference maker to me is going to be getting after the quarterback. And that's mm-hmm. where I see this unit coming through in spades. I, I love it. Uh, you actually just got me hyped up over the defensive ends, buddy. Hey, we're trying here, my friend. We are trying to get you excited and ready to go on the Buffalo Bills season coming up here. Now, Jamie, the very, and I'll give, if you have one more you want to mention or is the floor No, I think, I, I think I'm content with what I mentioned. All right, buddy. I got one more for you. And I would be hard pressed to find anyone who could successfully argue this point with me. If you want to take it on, I would love to have this conversation. Here is my final reason for optimism. Give it. Everything that the Buffalo Bills went through last year is not going to happen to them in 2023. <laughs> Amen. I mean, good <laughs> God, like from, uh, from, from Damar Hamlin dying on the field and being brought back after nine minutes of CPR. Kim Pagula suffering a similar cardiac arrest incident that kept her away from the limelight. It was so great, by the way, to see her at Bill's practice at Fisher late last week. So happy to see the Bill's co-owner and president Kim Pagula, at least temporarily back with the team. The racially motivated mass shooting that killed 12 people at the tops in May. Dawson Knox losing his younger brother before training camp began. Florida international linebacker Luke Knox. Micah Mm -hmm. Hyde, the season-ending neck injury. The blizzards that dumped 80 inches of snow on western New York before Thanksgiving. The fatalities of the snowstorms right around Christmas time. And oh, by the way, they had to pack up and go to Detroit to play that game. Yep, they had th- they 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 are the only team in NFL history that has played three road games in twelve days and won them all. That is such a gargantuan task that a team has to be faced with. This team, if you think about it, Jamie, if you grew up like me, you love playing video games, and when you're playing 
Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, any one of those physical fighting games, you would have your character had an energy bar that would see on the screen how many hits he had taken and what was left in the tank. When the Bills got to the playoff game with the Bengals, that tank was empty. It was beyond depleted off of the emotional trauma that this team has gone through. And that is why one of the biggest reasons for optimism is both the fact that the Bills are not going to have to face that type of adversity. I mean, they're going to have some adversity, but to get dealt that healthy heaping of shit to have to go through (laughs) last year is not going to happen. It's unprecedented. And on top of that, Jamie, the other reason I'm going to lump in with the same factors here, last year, the Bills had that giant bullseye on their backs. They were the target. Josh Allen was the preseason MVP favorite, and they were the favorites to win the Super Bowl. I feel it's going to play so much to Buffalo's advantage that they can fly under the radar a little bit. The Jets are getting all the scrutiny. Aaron Rodgers is getting all the attention. The reigning defending champion Chiefs are getting all the attention and publicity. No one's talking about Buffalo as a Super Bowl contender this year, and I think that's going to benefit this team immensely, getting to fly under the radar, take care of their business without the lofty and sometimes unfair, unrealistic questions that come associated when you are the hunted. They have, you're right. Uh, what was it? The uh, What publication was it that predicted they would go nine and eight and miss the playoffs? Oh my like, God. I saw that me? and I nearly spit up my coffee. It was like, you're telling me that the Bills are going to finish one game clear of the Patriots for last in the AFC East? You're having some wacky tobacco, buddy. Yeah, uh, that's, it, which is fine if it's legal in your jurisdiction. <laughs> However, <laughs> I have uh, I have no doubt in my mind that they are going to clear nine wins. They're going to make they they're going to make the playoffs. They may not win the division because you know that all comes down to tiebreakers and all that craziness. But the Bills are making the playoffs. Come on, yeah. And I, I want to address one thing here too. When you mentioned, I'm glad you brought up that failed prognosticator a lot of these people in the off season like you got to take it with a grain of salt what they're predicting because what they're trying to do with these more often than not is not to be spot on accurate it's to give the hot take it's mm-hmm. to get the attention of i can't believe that this guy said the jets are going 13 and 4 and the bills will be 9 and 8 and miss the playoffs well what was his objective to get people talking about his garbage take. And I feel that's the exact same way with the ESPN folks that all predicted the Jets or Dolphins will win the division, the Bills will be on the outside looking in. All of that matters for nothing when it comes to when the season starts out there. Mm -hmm. So take all of those prognostications with a big grain of salt. Amen, buddy. Now, Jamie, one more little quick question for you here before we wrap up. And it's actually parlays nicely off of what we were just talking about, the predictions for Buffalo in 23. You mentioned Buffalo could make the playoffs and be a wild card spot if they don't win the division. I want to ask you that. How how competitive do you think this AFC East has been? Because I've been hearing more and more pundits saying that whoever wins the AFC East is going to be the only team out of that division to make the playoffs, given how tough and rigorous the schedules are for the AFC East teams having to play each other twice along with the NFC East and the AFC West. 
What's your take on that? Well, I, I think that is a good point because it is going to be particularly competitive. If you look back at last season, the Bills, the Bills split with everyone in the division except the Patriots. Did they beat the Patriots last year? Yeah, Buffalo swept the Patriots. Yeah, okay. Yep. But with, with the other two teams, the Bills were, I believe it was plus eight points. Plus eight points. They split. And I have to think that these those other two teams added more than four points per game. More than two points per game. Let's say that because they played twice. So how can the Bills counterpunch to that? I, I think that, you know, in most years you split in your division because division games are just difficult. The Bills have a gauntlet of a schedule. So, you know, I I can see the point that they're making. I would be incredibly disappointed if there was if the Bills didn't make the playoffs because of that reason, but I I mean, come on. This this is a team that could go out and win the Super Bowl. Things do need to break their way, of course. But this is a Super Bowl contender. Nobody's missing Nobody's missing the playoffs. What are you kidding me? Yeah, no, here the way I see it, the AFC East is going to have two playoff teams. I will go out on a limb and say the Bills win the division and the Dolphins uh, get the second wild card spot. I think well, the, the Jets, Jets do Jets things. Jets do Jets things, man. I mean, they're already. And what was the biggest, not to go down off topic, but the biggest concern for the Jets is their offensive line. And Makai Becton, the left tackle who's always injured, oh, is injured again. So color me surprised. The Jets are already getting off to Jetsian starts and making Jets blunders. And I'm, I'm saying they're not going to make the playoffs. That might be a hot take out there, but I believe the Dolphins are a better team top to bottom yeah, than so. the Jets are, especially if Tua stays healthy. So there's two of the playoff teams. I will say in the AFC North, Cincinnati wins a division. Baltimore gets a wild card spot. Mm-hmm. There's four teams. I will say the Jaguars win the South. That's five. No wild card team comes from that division. And then I will say the Chiefs win the AFC West and the Chargers get the wild card. There's your seven-team AFC playoff field. The Bills can get in if they don't win the division, but I think they will win the AFC East for a fourth straight year. Love it. Love it. And the Chargers, I want to love them. The uh, head coach there went to my alma mater. Unfortunately, I think their head coach makes bad decisions, and I think he may be looking for a job after this year. Should be too bad. You know, I, I want to root for my fellow University of Dayton graduates. Yes, Brandon Staley, the Dayton alum. Uh, also, the pride of Dayton, Jamie D'Amico here talking Buffalo Bills football with me. John Boccasino, we are going to wrap up our talk here today. We've given you our reasons, a plethora of reasons to be optimistic about the Buffalo Bills in 23. We want your causes for optimism. What is getting you really excited about Buffalo's chances of hoisting the Lombardi for the first time in franchise history? Get involved again with us on Twitter. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico. I am at John Boccasino. You can also get involved with Buffalo Rumblings at Buff Rumblings. Jamie, always a pleasure, buddy. Thank you for coming on and bringing some cool information about what you're excited about. Loving it, buddy. Hope everybody enjoyed. And in the words of uh, Lou Brown from Major League, we'll try to be back next week for three in a row. They call that a winning streak. You can hear all of our thoughts on next week's episode of the Believe Podcast. Have a great weekend, folks, and go Bills.